it wasn't viewed in the same way that I viewed it. So <laughs> it was more like, why you're on your computer again? I guess it can be translated into mom guilt because, you know, then I would feel like, oh, well, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this because how do I justify that? But it's very different now. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms write. Hey moms, do you ever feel like at some point in your life you put your passion for writing to the side? Maybe in part due to pressure from your partner. Well, Kathleen Fox is a single mom of five and get ready for this. An editor, writer, proofreader, host of the Badass Writers Podcast, editor of the Shit No One Tells You About Writing Podcast, international rep for Crime Writers Canada, and the founder of Mood Pitches. Kathleen has a lot going on when it comes to writing, but it wasn't always that way. Um, Kathleen let go of her writing passion when her kids were young, and in this episode, she talks about the role that her marriage played in that letting go and how rather than let herself feel guilty or disappointed, she is now using that realization to fuel her amazing writing life. Please welcome Kathleen Fox. Hi, Kathleen. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. But what are you most excited about right now? What am I most excited about? Well, there's lots of things going on. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get my draft finished up for my latest uh, work in progress. Let's see. I am about to embark on yet another thing <laughs> to add to my plate. <laughs> so, so I'm also a fiction editor. Um, and I've recently been nominated to take on the role of primary co-chair in the in my little local branch of the Editors Canada thing. Like they called it a twig. So they have Editors Canada and they have branches, which is more your big areas like Toronto, Vancouver, and then they have twigs. So my <laughs> local twig. <laughs> um, so that's Hamilton and Halton. So th that's that's happening. Wow. Um, yeah. So you also have on top of that, like, I think approximately a million children. Yes, approximately. It <laughs> <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> and yet you're doing it so much. And you're also a single mom. In addition to the, the writing life that you just mentioned, your own writing, editing, which I did not know, you have your awesome podcast, Badass Writers, and you also edit somebody else's podcast, a really popular podcast, Shit They Don't Tell You About Writing. How did you get onto this journey? Well, it started out with writing. So like a lot of people, I'm one of those who have been writing for as long as I can remember. And I just, I never, I never took the initiative to go anywhere with it because, you know, when you're a teenager and people are like, oh, what are you going to do in college? You know, you want to get into something that's going to make you some money or, you know, something 
solid, I guess. So I didn't go down the writing route, which, you know, looking back, like many others, I've also heard, I wish that I would have, but at the same time, the journey that I took to get here, you know, that it's eventually led me to where I am now. So, so, you know, there were times throughout, you know, the last two decades where I would pick up the pen and, and try to get stuff written. And I just, it wasn't happening. (laughs) I didn't, necessarily have the support I needed at home at the time. Um, all my kids are very young. So there, I have five kids within like almost seven years. <laughs> so you're so, just like pregnant all the time. Yeah. Pregnant or nursing or just, yeah, just, yeah. Lots of kids. <laughs> um, and on top of that, I was helping other people look after their kids <laughs> when mm. they were at work. So Uh, It just, I just couldn't make it work. And then um, my career that I got into was hotel management and tourism and that sort of thing. So once I had kids and I was at home with the kids, I did not want to go back into hotels. It just was not being in management. I would get calls at all times of the night to go in and deal with something or other. Um, Didn't want to have to go and do that while I had little kids at home. My husband at the time was in the RCMP and he could get calls at any time. So I I had to be at home all the time and make sure that everything was covered there. Mm. Um, Once the kids were a little bit older, I got back into administrative work because I enjoyed that side of things. And then when the pandemic hit, that all changed. Mm. But silver lining is that I I then found myself with the time to devote to the writing. Um, so that's when I took that huge leap into it and I put everything I had into it because I thought, well, this is my time to do it, to do what I'm passionate about. So so I did that and it just kind of blossomed from there. I got online and I learned everything I could about querying and and met some some writer friends online. And it just, you know, one thing led to another and here I am. <laughs> You got to slow it down a little bit there. That is insane. <laughs> Having interviewed a lot of moms, it's so interesting how much of a catalyst the pandemic has been for, you know, women in their like middle age who yeah, have devoted themselves to their kids and to their stable job who suddenly wake up and say, you know what? I want to do that thing I always want to do. So, but that aside, that that's a really big jump because as I mentioned, you have so many different things going on, which is awesome. How did you go from deciding I'm going to open up this Google Doc to building all of those different revenue streams and and outlets and audiences? Once I started writing and, and researching how to query and you know researching agents and all of that kind of stuff, and you know getting involved in circles of you know writer friends and that on Twitter mostly. That's where I'm. That's where I'm at the most. Um, Love it there. Sorry, I'm going to clarify that. Love it there for the writing community. (laughs) Not so much the trash fire that is everything else. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, I mean, once I kind of established some some writing relationships with other writers um, and started listening to the shit no one tells you about writing and kind of got involved in, in that side of things, last fall, I started editing the episodes for their podcast. Oh. Um, I was chatting with Bianca and um, we just, that just kind of fell into place. So then once I started doing that, my podcast, I never intended it to be a podcast. <laughs> um, I kind of accidentally started a podcast, if that makes any sense. I just wanted to, I was putting out um, 
a three-part blog post, really, a, a three-part series there about querying, um, mm. crafting pitches, and then doing synopsis. And I thought, well, I, I do my website from WordPress. And I saw something on there that said something about, you know, turn it into an audio post or something like that. And I thought oh. that might make it more accessible for people. So why not? Yeah. So I recorded all three episodes and it was just me basically reading <laughs> reading my blog posts. <laughs> uh, but then when I was starting to upload it, it said, you know, set up and something, something. And, and uh, what are you calling <laughs> your podcast? And I'm like, like, like a real podcast, like a podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. So I thought, well, why not? And I had just come out with, um, I, I don't know. I don't know really why, but I started the Badass Writers, you know, I had some coffee mugs and some things like that, probably a week or so before that. So I thought, well, that's kind of a good name for a podcast. Um, and then it just very quickly became half writing advice, half author interviews, and then it became industry professionals as well. So I've got agents on there. Um, I have some Q and A's with them. Um, I just did one with rising action with Alex Brown. Um, so there's, I'm, it's kind of evolving into this bigger thing than what I had ever imagined it would be. So that's kind of how I got started in that. And with the editing, that's, that's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Not so much like that wasn't my title, but I was you know, I was always revising and editing things, documents and mm. things in my in my work. So with that and with my love for writing and helping people, I kind of thought, well, editing is kind of a natural progression for me. So I started my freelance business last year as well. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So <laughs> and with that, um, Editors Canada has professional designation exams. Um, to do. So, for example, certified professional editor. So, they recommend that you have several years of professional editing experience, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, take some courses to to help you study. Um, here's some, some information to help you study and, and that kind of thing. So, it takes, you know, lots of experience and years of, of editing before you want to take these exams because it costs like 500 bucks a piece. So, on top of all of that, I'm also doing university courses as part of my studying. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. That's a lot of things, but also a great example. I've heard this before that, you know, writers should diversify their stable and you definitely have. So editing people's manuscripts and queries and that sort of thing. And then editing the podcast, which is like a completely different kind of editing. Mm -hmm. And then um, getting your own work out there. Yeah, that's amazing. And what what's your genre? My genre that I write in is typically different types of thrillers. So psychological or domestic thriller, gothic thriller. That's what I'm working on right now. So I love good ghosty kind of stories, haunted house, that sort of thing. So that's that's typically what I write. Um, and I have a couple of ideas kicking around for future projects that are not thrillers, but mm. that's what I've been that's what I've been involved in for the most part so far. Tell me that you have a thriller with a hotel in it. I need, <laughs> you need to write that. I currently do not, but that is an excellent idea. <laughs> I love it when people who have worked in, in an industry write a fictionalized account of it. Mm -hmm. The one that I worked at does make a small appearance in my domestic thriller, but it's not that's not the main part of the story. But yeah, that's a good idea. You can just have that for free too. <laughs> 
(laughs) So, I mean, you make it sound so easy. You've obviously been putting in a lot of time. I mean, the podcast, it sounds like it started because you really invested in learning about the query process. And then we're like, hmm, I think I'm going to, I might as well share some of this knowledge that I've learned. And now it's developed into a podcast. And what do you feel like there's a lot of podcasts like mine? That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, what do you, like, what is unique, do you think, about your podcast? Like, what do you want it to achieve? I made it or created it or decided that's what it was becoming um, because I wanted to focus on sort of bringing together writers who are kind of new to the process. So when I was first out there, I didn't know anything about podcasts. I didn't know anything about querying, you know, just like every other new writer, I didn't know where to go and get the information. So I guess my goal overall is to provide as much information as I can to newer writers. And, you know, a lot of the podcasts have established authors and I do too, but I also have authors, writers on there who who don't have anything published. I don't have anything published, right? So I I want to make it so that writers feel less alone and so that they can go somewhere and get little tidbits of information um, and just kind of sharing knowledge, right? I think it's nice when when you learn something, you know, you're learning from the person ahead of you and then to turn around to the person behind you and continue with that flow of information, right? Mm. Um And I think it doesn't really matter what stage you're in. You can always learn from something that somebody else has gone through, right? It doesn't matter if you're an established author or not. So I think kind of bringing everyone together and and like I said, making it so that you don't feel alone because writing can be a lonely process, especially when you don't know what you're doing or where to go or what to do next. Yeah. Um, And then also it's evolved now into kind of trying to demystify the publishing process as well. So it sounds like it's really aimed at, you know, the early career author, someone like yourself and and myself, right? Who, and all those moms that I mentioned, uh, who maybe experienced a catalyst moment, you know, during that pandemic, I feel like it's such a huge time for, it's such a great time for this. Um, And maybe the people that haven't, maybe they had that moment, they haven't quite acted on it. Mm-hmm. But they they probably went through the same thing. I, I see there's been lots of people that were like, yes. And then they just, boom, and they're writing books now. And then there's probably people who experienced the same thing, but didn't know what to do with it. And so I love that for those people, uh, and there's a huge group of them, that this is a place for them to come and get um, orientated on what is it, what do you do now? So you want to write what do you do now? Now I, I learned something from your podcast. I was like, "Where are comps?" I kept talking about comps, comps, yeah. comps, comps, and then finally, I understood it through the conversation with one of your guests. I was like, "Oh, comparison titles." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very, very important in the world of publishing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know it was such a big deal. I mean, I think I probably, oh my my the per, the novel that I previously queried was in YA, so I think I compared a lot to Pretty Little Liars. 
But I didn't realize at the time that you should, you said you should have two at least, right? In best case scenario in the same genre of your novel. Yeah, like two is the kind of magic number, I guess, when you can kind of intersect um, two two main themes or elements from, mm. uh, sorry, not, not necessarily themes. Um, it can be, you know, the characteristics of, of, of people in the novel. It can be, you know, messy family dynamics. It can be setting. It can be, it doesn't necessarily have to be plot. Um, it can be writing style, that kind of thing, mm. voiciness. Um, so if you can kind of pull two different um, books where you would see your book, sitting in between if you walked into a bookstore then that that kind of helps the agent immediately place the story kind of in their head right. um gives them an, an idea of what they're in for and then right. further down the line it gives a publisher an idea of the marketability of it as well mm. mm-hmm. it's just and- it's a brief rundown of them <laughs> yeah i mean that's fascinating um and how do you feel now about your writing journey? Like your own, I know you have all these other pieces, but really you as a writer is at the core of that. So how's that going? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. If I if I wasn't writing, none of this would have ever happened. Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying the the turns that it has taken. Like I never, never expected I would be here, even even a year ago. I never would have expected it. But like you said, at the core of it is the writing. So it has, because of all these things kind of happened almost simultaneously, it has, like the writing has kind of taken (laughs) a little bit of a backseat. But having said that, I'm working on my third uh, manuscript, which is getting close to being done. Um, And it's, that's, let's see, that's within less than two years. Um, and in, in between all that, I had some flash fiction written and some microfiction done, um, entered some contests, that kind of thing. So there is still, there's always a little bit of writing going on. Um, but I think, you know, years ago when I was like, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time, there's always something else to do. And like, I just feel like moms always push their own things aside to make room for everybody else, right? Because everybody else comes first. Um, and it was, it's been very important to me to not do that anymore because mm-hmm. my passions are equally as important as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to portray that to my kids. I want my kids to know that their passions are important and, and they shouldn't set them aside if it's mm-hmm. something that they're passionate about. Right. And I think kids learn by example. So that was another, another reason. Um, but like I said, with all these other things that I've been involved in, it has taken a little bit of a backseat, not as much as it, it had before in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I kind of make time um, in my calendar. I treat it just like anything else I do, like podcast interviews or editing time or marketing time or, or whatnot, because it is important. And if I don't have that, then what am I even doing here doing all the other stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a good, a good um, tip, though, to schedule it into your, your life. Mm-hmm. as a way to ensure because I think that must be like the the tension right is if you start to build up other things around your writing which are important 
You know, they allow you to earn income in other ways. But if you let them take over, then it's almost it's almost a repeat of the world that you used to live in where other things would take over. So but you you still have five children. Yes. <laughs> that hasn't changed. So is it no. that they're older now that you have more bandwidth or, or how are you managing that piece? I don't have my kids with me all the time. Okay. Um, because I am separated. So mm. that, I mean, in, in a sense that kind of makes it a little easier to, to get all the things done. <laughs> Right. Um, so I just kind of have to divide up my time between, you know, when I don't have my kids, it's easier for me to work. And then I spend the time with them when I have them. So it's a little bit different, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of, I guess that's my secret. <laughs> my secret to getting, getting all the things done. Not uh, obviously ideal, not how I ever pictured things, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, you do what you got to do. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm all the time that I have when I'm not with my kids, I'm completely 100% dedicating to all the things that I am trying to do. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of almost trying to catch up on all the years that I wasn't doing this, that I maybe wished that I was, you know, like in, in the sense that I didn't choose this originally to be my, my career, right. um, and because it's something that I've always wanted to do now, I feel like, okay, well, I got to do, I have to do it all. <laughs> I have to do it all now. You're like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> yes. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk a lot about, you know, how kids, you know, they obviously take time away from writing. They also feel this in certain ways, but uh, you brought up an interesting topic is, is marriage itself, because obviously that's given you freedom. Like, do you feel that when you were in their relationship, there was something inherent in their relationship that kept you from following this? Or is it just that, well, now, you know, as you said, there's a divide of your time? Yeah, well, the relationship itself was shitty. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, so the, the support just mm. wasn't there. Um, I didn't feel that this was something that it, it wasn't important on the other side of things. So I, I, I just couldn't put the importance on it. Mm. Um, so that did have a lot to do with it. Um, so, you know, those, those people out there who have supportive partners, that is so wonderful. And I think that's so important and it's good for the kids to see that as well. Um, so yeah, the relationship did have something to do with that. Um, I think if I had chosen to do this before, then it just would have been the norm, but because it wasn't, you know, you can't just start writing and, and earn an income from it, right? It takes yes. time to develop your skills and, and go through all the process, right? So, um, because there's no immediate satisfaction on, on that end of things, that also made it difficult to, um, difficult to realize how important it is and, and what it could lead to. Not on my, not on my end, obviously, but on the mm. other end, um, yeah. So that so that definitely that definitely yeah. played into it. That's such an interesting or important message, I think, because I've it's true. If we aren't making money right away on something, you know, if we tra trade our time for money, then you know, I think we as women feel like we're contributing to the family and we're justified in what we're doing, right? So maybe it's going 
to work at the hotel, right? But doing something that isn't immediately going to pay off, then I feel right. like we as women are so like so likely to to not stand up for that and say, no, I need this now because of maybe it's like mom guilt. I'm not, or just woman mm-hmm. guilt, but I've, I've heard that before. And I know, I know my experience that myself as well, just like really being hesitant to ask mm-hmm. for, for time to put towards this thing. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Um, asking for the time that was, it was just, it, it wasn't viewed in the same way that I viewed it. So it was more like, why you're on your computer again? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, so there was that, um, I guess it can be translated into mom guilt because, you know, then I would feel like, oh, well, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this because um, how do I justify that? Yeah. So, you know, it definitely played into things. Um but it's very different now. <laughs> now I don't have to answer to anybody but myself. <laughs> yeah, dang girl. Yeah. I think we can all totally relate to that feeling of like, oh, I'm giving like my dream, my business, my project attention. Mm-hmm. And I should be focused on that kid over there that may or may not have just seen cat poo. I'm not sure. <laughs> there, there were times where, I mean, like I said, all my kids were were pretty close together. So um, my fifth, when he was a newborn, my oldest was not even seven. And I and there were still three kids in between that. So, you know, I'd have two down for a nap. I'd have two in front of the TV and I would have, I'd be nursing my son with this arm and like trying to type with one hand this way and, oh my <laughs> and gosh. Just, you know, trying to, to multitask and but also be dedicated and, and try to get some stuff down. And I, you know, there was a time when I, when I did write some, some words, I got, I don't know how many, like, I don't know, 40 or 50,000 words or something like that. Not finished. Whoops. You know, I, I was still trying, but there was no, there was no excitement. There was no encouragement. There was no support. And there was no, there was guilt involved. There was guilt trips involved. So, so yeah. it just kind of got to be like, why bother, you know? Um, yeah, so totally. Yeah. Not for lack of trying, but, but then again, you know, I I think I gave up a little too easily maybe, and I didn't stand up for, for what was important to me. So, and, and, you know, now that I'm, now that I can look back and see that, like, I don't want my kids to see that. I want them to see that, you know, mom's passion is important. It means Mm -hmm. so much to her and, um, you know, look what she's doing. Yeah. Look what I can do. Look what I can do if I can, can put that determination into it as well. Yeah. But, and I don't even think you could say you didn't try hard enough. Like, (laughs) sorry, that is a lot of shit to be (laughs) carrying, right? Like, I think the fact that you got 50,000 words done with one hand one hand (laughs) amazing i think i love that kathleen she did some impressive stuff right that just wasn't your season yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah now it's my season now it's my season and i and i love that because i feel like it's such a great illustration of why you know these podcasts that we do are so important and talking to moms like you are so important because if you i don't I don't think people often get 
like how hard it is to get just the simplest thing done when you have children, when you are in a marriage where you're not being supported um, because there's so much like physical challenges and then emotional and um, like, it's such a drain and to be able to create anyone to create a, write a book is amazing. But to be able to do that in those situations is like, it's like you're, you've just climbed Mount Everest. And so I love that you, you've shared that just so that, you know, the moms listening, I hope they feel seen and we, yeah. like, we get it, you know, we, we get that that's really hard to get in your hundred words some days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is, I think there's a lot of us out there who are maybe in a similar situation and, and don't have that support or, or don't feel like they could dedicate the time. And, and I think it's important to just to know that there's someone else out there so that you do feel seen because, you know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's all you need to, to have that little extra bit of encouragement. Like, you know, well, somehow, somehow I can do this. I know I can do this. You know, I'm not the only one going through this and it, even just knowing that you have others out there that have been through the same thing or who are going through the same thing. um, I think, I think that can be really helpful to, feeling like you can do what it is you want to do. Totally. You know, and if it's just listening to a podcast, you know, and, and hearing your story, I think that can be enough for some people, you know, and, and that's something they could do with the babies. Yeah. You know, maybe like if I really like this permission, you know, that you're giving to not feel like a failure if you can't do it right now because I think you're such a great example of like, you couldn't do it then, but like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) for that now, like you've really accomplished so much. And I know, you know, you haven't gotten the, the book deal yet, but you know, obviously it's just ahead of you at the rate you're going. So what would you, what advice would you give to that Kathleen Sitting on the computer with five babies. What? Five babies. <laughs> That's so many. Um, it, I mean, I think it really depends on your, your situation. Like some of us just did not or do not have a, a good situation. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I mean, if let's just put it this way. If I was going to somehow give my past self words of advice, Mm -hmm. I would probably say, um, fight for your passion, like, and don't, don't let anyone else make you feel like it's not important. Again, it's going to depend on your situation. But if you, if you are in that, in a relationship, um, just try and make it known how important it is to you and maybe explain why it's important to you. Because, Mm -hmm. You know, if you can get that support from your partner, then I think that that goes a long way into being able to to follow that passion and, and follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing that I would say, too, is um, something that I found inspiring um, and just 
kind of a feel good thing is, you know, when one of my kids was a little bit older, she started getting into writing, like she wants to write. Um, and out of all five, she's the one that, that really, she loves to write stories. She's always loved to write stories. And I, I have this cute little stack of, of books that she, books that she wrote when she was really little, she wrote and illustrated them. And the, the funniest things, they just make me die laughing. Um, and um, when she got a little bit older and she had her own little laptop and everything, you know, I would have my laptop set up on the table and have a cup of tea and she'd be like, mom, what you doing? Oh, just writing my story, baby, you know, and she'd be like, okay. And she'd kind of sneak off and then come back and poke her head. And she, she, the one time in particular that I'm thinking of, she poked her head around the, the wall and she's like, mommy, can I have some tea too? And I said, yeah. So she brings in her laptop and she brings in a cup of tea and sat down beside me. So we're like little twins sitting at the uh, table. She's working on her story and I'm working on my story. And it just, you know, it's, it just kind of made me pause and just kind of sit there and look at her and smile because A, it's so cute. <laughs> but B, you know, we're spending time together doing something that we both really love yeah, and I love it because it's such a that image is such a great counter to the one that you mentioned before with your 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 partner saying like why are you at your computer, you know yeah. where that you're kind of um, there's that villainizing of you at the computer and now you know through this incredible journey you've been through now you can see like the opposite of that which is you sitting there being an awesome mom by inspiring your daughter to get her own laptop, right? And you guys are mm -hmm. at the computer together. And it's such a, I think, I, I hope that listeners hold that in their mind, especially, you know, if they've ever felt that, you know, twinge of guilt from sitting at the computer or doing their social media on their phone or, or whatever it is, right? It's, mm -hmm. so, um, so thank you for that. Yeah. So where can people catch up to you? Um, I have my, my author website, um, it, it actually just, so that's kathleenfox.com with two X's. Um, that's kind of the home of where everything was. I had my fiction editing on there, my author stuff on there, my blog, my badass podcast stuff. Um, I recently just migrated the editing stuff to its own website. So that's foxeditorial.com. Wow. Um, I am always on Twitter kfox underscore rights and then you can connect with my other because i have a twitter for each of my things my podcast is on anchor so anchor.fm slash kathleen dash fox um and yeah i'm on instagram as well at kathleen fox rights wow <laughs> yeah it's lots of stuff <laughs> that's the thing too the social takes up so much time impressive impressive you just don't sleep no, who needs sleep? It's overrated. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I loved chatting with you. I hope that something of what Kathleen shared in that really beautifully intimate conversation resonated with you. I know I could definitely see some of my own patterns in what Kathleen shared. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, if you are wondering what comps are, like me, they are the two different books that you might see your book between if you were in a bookstore and identifying these books helps agents to know where to place your work when you're querying them. 
Number two, if you are juggling lots of different writing adjacent work like Kathleen, don't forget to schedule in your writing. Number three, don't put your passions aside. If you are in a relationship and you feel like you are not getting what you need, talk about it. It's normal to need these things and it's okay to ask for them. And number four, but if you are struggling with this, know that you are not alone. And number five, just remember there are seasons of life when it comes to writing. And if you don't have time to write, know that that's okay too. And sometimes we just need to accept that. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Kathleen's mood pitch, which is a Twitter pitch fest for authors that includes mood boards. And if you're interested in that, it's taking place November 3rd. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. I mean so much if you could take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify. And I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing. <laughs>